Yo, what's going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is April 20th, 2022. Yes, for all you stoners out there, it's 420. And if you got one, I guess light it up. Now, if you're wondering, for me, I don't smoke. I don't smoke pot, never did. I don't aspire to. But if you do, I'm not judging you. It's illegal in most states. A lot of my friends do it. Hey, you know what? It's your life, right? Anyway, 12.47 a.m. in the morning. Usually, I do all my podcasting at 2 a.m. But here I am, 12.47, talking to you folks. Now, before I get into talking about more stuff about the murder of Ursula Gal, and I'm pretty sure that's how you say her name, Ursula. You know, I've, I've heard her name you know, butchered, you know, geez, that's the wrong type of word, right? I shouldn't have said butchered. Anyway, I'm not going to edit that out. Okay. I'm not going to be politically correct here, but (laughs) yeah, I've heard her name pronounced many different ways, uh, I guess, uh, on CNN, Fox news, on on different podcasts. And, uh, and, uh, I think the correct way to say it is Ursula with like, as, as though it's, you know, spelled with a U instead of an O, but I guess we'll find out as time goes on. Now, there's a lot of new listeners to my podcast. Usually when I, you know, podcast, I'm just, you know, I'm not a professional outfit. I'm talking into my cell phone, just to let you know, all right? And I'm talking to maybe sometimes 25 people, 50 people, 100 people. And, uh, you know, I have around 3,000 followers, but they're not just, you know, they're not regular followers of mine. But just recently, just recently, and because of this last podcast, my listenership has jumped 900%. 900%. So I'm not sure how many of you folks who had you know, tuned in yesterday actually decided to follow me. But if you did, thank you so much, you know. And, uh, you know, what, all what I talk about on my podcast is about anything. You know, I talk about movies. I talk about barbecue. I talk about politics. I talk a lot about politics. And by the way, I hate to trigger you if you're a liberal out there. I do pull conservative. But, you know, I don't really don't care what your politics are because my main thing is that if you can have a conversation, I'm all willing to talk to you, all right? I just don't want to get canceled. I created this podcast because a lot of my posts on Facebook were being taken down. And I'm not one to share stuff. I just, you know, I, I'm a writer. I used to be a writer. Well, I'm still a writer, right? I'm still a professional to- storyteller. And I used to tap out these long status reports, you know, like maybe a few pages, not a few pages, a few paragraphs or so, slip of the tongue, right? So it's a few, a few paragraphs and, and they're very interesting to read, but they made very good arguments that made sense. And I guess someone over there in Facebook land didn't like what I was writing and they would always flag me, take it down and, and also fact check me when their fact checks really didn't even, you know, <laughs> fact check the article that I was writing about or the topic that I was writing about. And for one reason or another, uh, all of my status updates started to get taken down one after another, more more so during COVID. And just to let you know, I'm not a QAnon type of conspiracy theorist. I'm just writing and saying, hey, you know, you know what? My friend got ill. Oh, I know a wedding client whose half of their face was paralyzed after t- they took a vaccine. That's not normal. Maybe we should take a look at this. And it comes to fruition that Pfizer is hiding the truth. And apparently, you know, the Pfizer vaccine was causing part of the face to be paralyzed, some skin lesions, some, you know, really, really bad migraines that never went away, you know, and just a lot of things. Okay, so I talk about that and more things on top of my podcast, right? And so far, I have yet to be censored. 
Now, uh, so who am I? Now, before I talked about uh, this podcast, by the way, just to let you know, is all about Ursula Gell, all right, and her murder. And there are things that don't make sense to me from a screenwriter's point of view. There's a lot of plot holes in there. You know, when you write a script, you know, you find a lot of plot holes and you, you go through drafts and drafts and drafts and you just try to write out all the plot holes to make, make sure that that beautiful lie that you tell, which we call a fictional story, it's, it's just a beautiful lie, is very, very believable to the audience. And a lot of times, you know, people who are not professional liars, aka professional storytellers, you know, they just tell you the first draft lie. And when they tell you the first draft lie, you can tell something is up because there's just so many plot holes that they don't know how to fill. All right. It's like the little kid who says, the dog ate my homework. And you know for a fact, well, you don't own a dog. There's a big plot hole here, kid. So, you know, I think you just were too lazy to do your homework. Right, kid? Simple. That's a simple example of filling a plot hole. And it doesn't take much to figure things out. So just for all my new listeners, here's a really quick 411 on me. So a long time ago, I'm 45 years old, but when I was about 18, 19 years old, you know, I was a former screenwriter. Now, I tried to make it up there in Hollywood. I had an agent. I had contacts with celebrities. I would work on projects for them, work for some pretty big names, actually. I'm not going to out them right here. Um, but I, nothing I ever worked on ever got made into a movie. Never. That, that was the worst thing back in the 90s because you could work so hard on these projects and it would never make it to fruition. And there's so many good ideas that, you know, just are sitting on the shelf right now, right? And that's even if the celebrities are working on it. You know, or, and uh, nowadays, good ideas don't show them, sit on the shelves because most of the movies are independent. And that's the great thing. So, you know, I, I decided, you know what? I, I'm just going to get out of Hollywood, came down to Hawaii and said, you know, I'm going to produce my own shows down here in Hawaii. And I became a small time television producer. Um, I didn't produce anything, you know, for the national level, but I produced things over there in Japan. I had two shows, no, I had three shows. Was it two or three? Um, they're, they're in Japanese. One was called Aloha Tengoku. One was called Bridal Boutique. And they were uh, fo one focused on the wedding industry for Japanese. And the other one focused on tourism here in Hawaii. And I would, you know, <laughs> to do these like two shows in Japanese, I don't speak Japanese, and uh, you know, got paid a pretty good penny for it. And I wrote things in English, translated in Japanese, and had had my um had my uh, I guess my my talent, you know, you know, actually do all the the talking for me. So it was fun. Um, after that, I uh, decided, you know what? After um uh, after I after I produced all these things, I decided I wanted to go into the wedding business. And I've been in the wedding business for a long time now, and I took all of what I've learned in the cinematic entertainment industry, uh, television industry, and applied it to weddings. Um, it's it's almost the same thing. Uh, it, the only difference is the difference between a wedding and a romance on TV is that you have one take, and the and your actors actually like each other. So, and it's actually a romantic scene when you shoot a wedding versus when you shoot a romantic scene in a movie or a, or a TV show. It's all fake. Now. My next thing, what I'm doing right now, I'm 45 years old, is that I'm going to be opening up a barbecue restaurant here in Hawaii. Uh, I got, dude, I can cook really good brisket. I can cook great ribs, short ribs, pool pork. 
I'm really good at it. I hate to say it, you know, and, uh, and we're going to do it using locally burned wood, Chiave wood. Um, you've probably never heard of that, but it's a beautiful, it rolls off the tongue really well, Chiave. And it smells really good. It's, it's a different version of mesquite, but it doesn't burn like mesquite. Like, uh, mesquite is horrible to barbecue with. Chiave is, Chiave is beautiful to barbecue with. So, Again, my, bod, my my podcast is called Barbecue to Movies. I talk about anything, barbecue, movies. You know, I do review mu- movies on here. So if you want to follow me, follow me, all right? And uh, I don't interview people on here um, very often. I think I've been doing this for about a year, and I you know, just had two people who I interview, interviewed. Um, it's usually just me talking my head off. That's it. And I do all my podcasting. I usually at 2 a.m. in the morning uh, after... Uh, after do all of my after I do, I'm doing all of my work, and uh, so you're getting news that is kind of one day old because you know you're on there on the east coast or on the mainland. We're already behind you. I live in Hawaii, right? So by the time I'm like, like today, April twentieth, I'm going to talk about Ursula Gal, and there's probably going to be new news about Ursula Gal today on April twentieth. But it's twelve fifty six a.m. in the morning here in Hawaii, so I'm not going to get to that yet. All right, all right, so. I'm going to cut the commercial here. I got to plug my company, plug out Anchor, so I get my little pennies here and there. And uh, and uh, when I get back, we're going to talk about the things that don't make sense in this whole Orsla Gal murder case. Um, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. I want to talk about it, get that off my chest, and explain to you my point of view right after these messages. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies, and we are going to be diving straight into the murder of Ursula Gal. Again, thank you so much if you are still following my podcast. Uh, this is not the way I wanted to grow my podcast, by the way. Um, this is a sad event here, uh, but I'm going to do my best here to give you my honest opinion on the story that we're being fed. And um, my honest opinion is that I don't like the story that we're being fed. I think it's full of plot holes. Um, things don't make sense. I may be 100% wrong, but this is my opinion. And you can probably, you know, take it for what it is. It's just one man's opinion, right? So, um, you know, yesterday when I did this podcast, I literally just, you know, about her murder, I just took a New York Post article and, um, it, there were just bullet points right down my right down my screen, and I just read what I I just read it off to you, and I just responded, um, gave you my first emotion, uh, I guess response, my my first emotional response to you, and um, and and a lot of a lot of times when you give your first response, you know you you really your mind doesn't have a lot of time to process. I guess all the information right then and there, unless you're some type of genius, and I'm far from that. You know, I'm far from a genius. So I had time to think about this entire murder case. I had time to think about this entire story that we're being fed. And um, it's really troubling because uh, 
there's a lot of things that don't make sense. So I'm sure we're not being fed the 100% full truth. Um, I think there's sources here and there that are just saying things and they're just you know feeding it to us. But yeah, I just don't like the way things are panning out right here. So I have about four pages of notes here that I'm just going to go through. And I'm going to get through all of it today. Um, now, again, by the time you probably, you're probably listening to this, there's probably going to be some new information out there. And uh, I guess we'll know really right away as we're listening to this whether or not we're right or wrong. Um, so I'm just going to start going down my bullet points that I made um, just a while ago. And uh, I guess we'll see, if, we'll see in the future, you know, if I'm right or if I'm wrong. So um, right now, the NYPD, they're hunting for a man who, who they're saying had a romantic relationship with Ursula. Now, all of this information which we know about this man not, doesn't come from the husband, husband's lips or even the New York Police Department. It comes from the media. Um, or it doesn't come from family members or even friends or their own kids or anyone right there, right? Uh, so all what we know about this handyman who may have been there or have, may have actually been the murderer is all hearsay. So we have to take it with a grain of salt. So there's rumors right here that Ursula knew her killer. And primarily they're saying that because the killer did not break into the house. Now, it's very easy to jump to this conclusion. But um, I'm not sure if you're like me. I've watched forensic files and I love forensic files. And there have been numerous cases where the husband has plotted the murder of his wife. And he has hired, you know, you know henchmen or goons to kill his wife. And he's literally just given them the key. Right, and he says, and, and and he's told them, you know, I will be out of town. She will be here working, and you know what, <laughs> you know, you can kill her at this from this time to that time, and you know, go ahead, and I have my alibi, and I'll pay you for this amount of money, and you know, you know, to go straight ahead, and there's no break in. So I'm hoping the cops are not jumping to the conclusion that the husband has nothing to do with this, right? I mean, everyone should be a suspect. Now. They're saying right now that the handyman, now they're focusing their efforts on this handyman, which as of, I think I know right now at 1.14 a.m. in the morning here in Hawaii, they haven't found, okay, which I find is kind of interesting, right? Usually a handyman, they would have the phone number, right? If this, if this, if this husband hired out the handyman, he would have his phone number, correct? Okay. So it'd be pretty easy to find him. Oh, I have his first and last name. I have his, you know, I mean, don't you have, when you've hired out a contractor or a handyman, you have his phone number, right? You know where he lives. You know, a lot of times you know, you know what the name of his business is. He'll be pretty easy to find. Why haven't they found him? Is he on the run? They, you know, we, don't, we haven't even gotten a sketch of how this handyman even looks like. Kind of strange, right? So they're saying that this handyman, he knew where their spare key was. So my question is that who told them that? Who told, who told the cops that the handyman knew where the spare key was? I'm thinking it's the husband because why would your friends or some other strangers know where the spare key was, right? You know, it was probably the husband, maybe the kids that said, hey, you know what? The, the handyman knows where the spare key was. Now, my question is that they live in New York City where crime is up astronomically, all right. I, I realize where they live is rather safe, but, you know, are you really going to leave the spare key on the outside? That's just kind of strange, right? And on top of that, the husband knows, I mean, 
How, how does the husband, how does anyone know for a fact that this, that Ursula is actually having an affair with the handyman? Right? I mean, how, I mean, how does anyone know that? Did her friends say that? Did her family say that? Did her husband say that? I'm thinking her husband said that. Now, if her husband did said that, does it make sense that the husband still leave the spare key to his, his house where the, where his, um, wife's ex lover or current lover can have easy access to it. And for the fact that he's, he's going to be out of town and going to Oregon with his son and, you know, his wife's ex lover or current lover he knows about. Um, he knows where the spare key is. Yeah, why don't we just make it a little bit more tough for um, this guy to break into the house, or a little bit more tough to have to have an affair with your wife? You know, it, it, it's a little too easy, right there. It, it doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not sure if the husband told the cops this, but I'm thinking. I mean, who else would know for the fact that the handyman is the wife's, you know, ex-lover or current lover, or or you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, do, did, did her friends know that it's the handyman? Like, oh, you're having an affair with the handyman? I, I would like to know how they came to that conclusion. That's a big plot hole right there, right? Don't, don't you agree? So here's another one. So Ursula, Ursula, I keep saying calling her Ursula. Um, Ursula was seen at a bar not too far away from the house. And she was sitting alone. And according to the bartender, it looked as though she was waiting for someone. And a lot of people are are suspecting is that, you know, she was probably waiting for this handyman. Now, they just, I'm not sure if they just jumped to that conclusion or, an, or a reporter just wrote that. Uh, that doesn't make any sense because usually if you have an affair, you're not going to meet at a bar where everyone knows your name and is only four blocks away from your house. You're going to meet, you know, at a secret location, a motel somewhere far away. That makes sense unless Ursula is some type of idiot or this handyman she's having an affair with is some really big idiot. I mean, I'm sure Ursula has frequented that bar with her husband and then all of a sudden she comes in and then now you're telling the bartender, hey, be quiet here. I'm having my lover, <laughs> you know, appear here, right? Because apparently she showed up to this bar with other, of her, I mean, other Russian girls, according to the bartender, but never men. Never men. But for some reason, people are, are suspecting that she was waiting for this guy. Now, that may be completely hypothetical. Someone's like, you know, creating their own story. That to me doesn't make any sense. So now here's another thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, after Ursula got killed, the killer texted the husband, your whole family is next. So he was saying, again, like, I just killed your wife. Everyone else is dead. You know, you're dead whatever, it, you know, you're in danger. Why did the killer not kill the 13-year-old son that was upstairs? Pretty obvious that, you know, Ursula's son is upstairs, right? Maybe he has a television on, you know, more than like, I mean, he knows for a fact the husband is not there. He knows that for a fact. How does he know that for a fact? Well, you know, he went into the basement. In order to, in, in order to get to the basement, he has to go through the front, right? And on top of that, after he killed Ursula, he had to go look for a hockey bag. And apparently he went through the entire house. And I bet he knew for a fact that there was a 13-year-old upstairs. Why did he not kill the 13-year-old when he said to the husband, your whole family is next? It's pretty easy. Just go up there and kill the son. And then that quote makes you know sense all of a sudden, right? Now, this killer also texted, your wife sent me to jail some years ago. I'm back. 
Now, that just seems like a really bad line from a movie, okay? That's like a really bad Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, right? I'm Bach. And um, now, if the wife did send this guy to jail, like, how did she actually do that? Was she a witness to a murder? Uh, was he shoplifting? I mean, I mean, who, who in the hell goes to jail in New York City these days because they have no cash bail, right? I mean, you can set an entire Christmas tree on fire, um, you can loot uh, downtown Louis Vuitton, and then there, because of no cash bail, you'll be out the next day. So why would this guy be so pissed off? Because other criminals, uh, other criminals aren't. In fact, we have that kid over that night, that, that kid who shot up the mall, and he's already out on bail, right? I mean, it would be different if this guy, if this guy was an insurrectionist on January 6th, he'd still be in jail. But hey, you know what? You know, I'm not sure what crime he did and how Ursula sent him to jail because, you know what, that's pretty unique right now. There's, there's not a lot of people going to jail in New York City right now. Okay, so um, those are like two big things here that don't make sense to me. Okay, next page here. Rolling down my pages here. And I got my own bullet points, like I told you, okay? So the police keep saying that this murder was not planned. And, uh, you know, I can see their reasoning for it because uh, it just, it, it looks really sloppy on the surface. Um, but I have some questions. Now, what weapon was used? Did the knife come from the kitchen? Or did the killer bring his own knife? So that'll be a difference. So if the killer brought his own knife and there's no kitchen knives missing, then apparently it was planned, right? So this could have just been a poorly executed murder plot or the person who killed Ursula is just a damn freaking idiot. Um, but maybe it was planned. Who knows? I don't think they can jump to that conclusion right now. I think that is a wrong assumption. Now, here's another thing that's really strange here. Why did this killer take the body of Ursula out of the house? Now, I know I talked about this in the last episode here, but you know, I'm going to re... For those of you who are just tuning in to me right now, I just want to talk about this a little more because I think it's so stupid. So, the killer had to dismember Ursula. Stuff her into a bag, um, and this is, these are hockey bags. These aren't, you know, when they originally said it was a duffel bag, I'm thinking it's a little duffel bag carry-on that you, you know, you take to the airport. No, this is a hockey duffel bag. It's a hockey gym bag. This is, these bags are huge. So you can put, some of them are really big where you put your hockey stick in there. You can put your shoulder pads in there, your skates. So they're, it's pretty large. You can put a person in there. And, uh, you know, the question is, where was this? hockey bag stored? Was it stored in the kids' rooms? Was it stored in the garage? Uh, was it stored in the basement, right? Really a lot of big, big question here, but why not just after you kill this person, why not do it? Why not do what other murderers do and just leave? Get the hell out of there. Now, if you're going to dismember the body, you know, do a good job dismembering it and then take the body and throw it to all different pieces of the wood. Just get the hell out of there. But instead, you know, he takes the body, whoever it is, and he just drags it. He literally leaves a blood trail from where the body was found back to the entire, back to the house. I mean, it's like breadcrumbs. I mean, this is, this is stupid. This is really, really stupid. I mean, you know, this, can it be the handyman? Because the handyman, a handyman usually thinks two to three steps ahead. I mean, even if you're pulling out a sink or installing kitchen cabinets or, you know, demoing a wall, your handyman better be thinking, you know, two or three steps above what they're, what they're already doing in the present because if they, if they don't, you're in a really big trouble. 
And I'm sure this handyman, if it was the handyman that killed her, you know, had a plan. This just, it just seems too weird. It seems as though this murder was carried out purposely and it was just executed very, very poorly. Now, I'm just speculating here because I, I really don't know a lot of, you know, you know, um, a lot of things about the case because what they're, what they're feeding, the story that they're feeding us doesn't make any sense, right? Okay. So, so, uh, again, why is it that someone doesn't want the body in the house? That's my question. And you kill someone. Now, it's in the basement. Now, she was most likely killed in the basement, they said, and then she was dragged upstairs. So there's, there's blood upstairs, upstairs. Why does the son not see the blood trail? Because there's a, apparently so much blood. She was stabbed, stabbed 60 times in the neck. There's going to be a lot of blood. And, you know, you don't see what's on the floor. You know, when your dog is in the house and he craps on the floor and gets it everywhere, you kind of know. Right, you, or someone has mud. Their shoes are on in the floor. I mean, sh shoes are on, and the, you, you detract in mud. You kind of know. So I would think you would know that there's a blood trail, you know, in your house, and that doesn't make sense to me either. You know, I would I would keep my eye out on the 13 year old as well. So um, the cops keep saying now that this professional, I mean, that this murderer was not professional. Okay, that makes a little sense here because it looks really stupid, but. If he's so unprofessional, why have we not caught him yet? Because apparently, he's still roaming free. Now, maybe after when you wake, when I wake up, you'll they'll be able to find him. But you know, it's taking a while to find this guy, right? You know, for a non-professional, and he left he left the blood trail. You can't find him, you know. And again, the cops won't even disclose how this handyman looks like. What his business is called? There's no sketch art. There's no phone number. Have you seen this guy? You know, you know when the when the subway shooter, right, over there in New York City, uh, it, there was a bolo, be on the lookout report really, really quick, you know, and they found this guy the next day. Why is, why is there not a bolo on this handyman, right? Especially if he's a handyman, he has a, maybe a business license, he has a contractor's license maybe, he has a phone number. I'm sure they're following him. They're not telling us the whole story. All right. Now, let's talk about this. Um, the next door neighbor, <laughs> they said, um, the next door neighbor said they were, they were the perfect family. I'm sorry. And I guess this is maybe just me talking. Perfect families don't have affairs. Ugh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so um, now, and if she was having an affair, this guy didn't know, all right? All right. Well, you know one thing that makes that makes no sense to me? You know, Ursula Gal has a different last name than her husband. They've been married for that long. Why is her last name not... Why is her last name different? I mean, she's a foreigner. I'm sure she's from Russia, right? Um, they had met in Russia. Why not take your husband's last name? Because it makes immigration a lot more easy. Uh, from reports, she was a stay-at-home mom. She's not a professional. Professional. She's not a doctor, a lawyer, a pilot, where she has to keep her, her last name a lot of times. For my wedding company, uh, when the bride is a professional of some sort, where she has professional licensing of some sort, um, they don't usually change the names because that just ruins you know, their entire licensing process. So they have to redo everything you know, af after they get married. So a lot of them just opt to just keep their last name. But she's not one of those people who, who, have a, who need a professional license as far as as far as I've done all my research, I think she was maybe just a, st a stay-at-home mom. Who the hell knows, though? 
Again, there's so many holes in the story that we're being fed. Okay, let's talk about this, um, her stabbings. Um, I have a problem with this. Okay, now, I've heard reports that she got stabbed 60 times in the neck. Then I heard 58 times total between the neck, hands, and arms. Um, if it's... <laughs> Here's the thing. You know, if you take a piece of ham... And, and why don't we just take a piece of ham and you cut it to maybe the, the width of a neck, right? And you stab that 60 times. Um, you, you basically pulverize that piece of meat. There's no way to count how many times you stab that piece of ham. Um, because there's going to be a lot of times where you stab things double. And eventually, eventually you stab something 60 times. There's just going to be a huge hole in it. So how are they saying that she got stabbed 60 times? Unless... This knife that he was, uh, she was getting stabbed with was very, very small. I mean, that's a lot of skill to stab something, someone 60 times. And the question is, why would you ever do that? And um, that's, a, that's a lot of blood. He stabbed someone 60 times. Like, and uh, you know, what, what it tells me is that maybe the knife wasn't that deep enough to kill her. And yet that person had to keep trying. I wonder if she had time to scream. Because apparently they said there were defensive wounds. If she had time to scream or yell for help, where was her, where was her son? It, 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 there's so many things. The house isn't a mansion. It's tiny. If you take a look at the size of this house, it's really small. So that's all for my notes for now. So, I mean, something tells me that the cops know much more than they're telling us, right? And a lot of times, if you watch Forensic Files... They do this. They leave a lot of things out because they want the person of interest, the person who they're going to eventually arrest, to fill in the gaps. And these are gaps that maybe only the murderer would know. So they're not saying everything. And uh, I'm hoping, you know, we're gonna. I'm hoping we're gonna see justice very, very soon. I want to know where this handyman is. I really, really, really do. I want to know more about the relationship between the handyman and the husband. Because I think there, there's something there. I may be jumping. To, I may be jumping to conclusions here, uh, you know. But also, again, that's kind of bad because we, this husband or anyone who they're going to be arresting, is innocent until proven guilty. So we should hear all of the evidence before jumping jumping to any type of conclusion. All I'm saying right now is that this story that we're being fed right now doesn't make any sense. All right. Okay, people, it's 1.30 a.m. in the morning. I better get back to work. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing to my podcast. I really appreciate you all. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be podcasting as a profession in the future, but, you know, this podcast, by the way, will become part of my barbecue company. That's why we named it Barbecue to Movies. All right, that's it for now. I will talk to you all later. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.